Thank you for tuning in to the latest message from Island Church, Dundalk. Well, church, it's a what an honor, what a blessing it is to come back and be able to minister on a Wednesday night. Glory to God. Amen. It seems like ages since I've been up here with you guys, you know. Thank God for Sundays, amen. But I'm telling you, there's nothing like a Wednesday night service. There's nothing like Sunday night services. Coming to a place with like-minded people, amen, that just aren't, aren't trying to grab something for themselves, amen. They're not just trying to be fed, amen. Praise God, though, they get fed, but that's not what they're only concerned about. They want to feed other people as well, amen. And not just feed other people as well, but, but bring their supply to the table, amen. I'm telling you, I, I love a church that presses in and desires to bring their supply into the house, amen. They come expecting, they come seeking after the things of God. And what happens? The Holy Ghost begins to move. Amen. Is anyone thankful for the Holy Ghost? I'm telling you, I'm thankful. I wouldn't want to live life without him. I'm telling you, I I grew up in denominational Christianity and I'm telling you, I don't even know what we were doing. Amen. But God didn't do these type of things in those houses. And not that he could not, amen. It wasn't permitted. Amen. Well, I'm telling you, church, we got to get to that place where we, where we permit him to do that, not, not just in here on a, on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning, but I'm telling you, when you're walking down the street on a Monday, when you're walking down the street on a Tuesday, when you're in the job place, any place you go, listen, you ought to have the freedom for the Holy Ghost to be able to move through your life and begin to change something on the inside of you. Amen. Amen. But we got to get hooked up. We got to get hooked up. I'm telling you, church, that's, those are my type of people. Amen. You're my type of people. Amen. Glory to God. You're my type of people. I'm, I'm thankful. And I tell you what, that better be good. Maybe be, better be good that you're my type of people. Because how I many you know, I believe we are going to spend a long time. It's, it's something that an English word called eternity with one another. Amen. Worshiping, praising God, studying the word together. I'm telling you, these things are going to happen for eternity. Amen. So if you, if you don't like what's going on now, church, you might want to get outside of the things of God because these are the kind of things that are going to happen forever. Amen. I, you know, I'm not saying this is, this is not biblical doctrine here, but it is interesting. What do you think? I find it interesting that, that God forms a family here on earth. He, he forms families in different churches. I mean, how many of y'all know God does, God, does not, God does not birth churches? I mean, he birthed the church. Now, what he does is he brings families together. He brings a family of believers together for, for a certain call for, for cities and different things like that. He brings a family together. And I find it interesting that, that God brings a family together. Do you think... Do you think for eternity we will get to do church, get life, do life with one another? Isn't that, is that an interesting thought, or is that just me that finds that interesting? I mean, God, because he brings us together for a reason. I mean, how many of y'all know things are not going to be all that much different? Depends on how you look at it. But they're not going to be that much different as far as our spiritual life when, when we get to be, you know, with, with Jesus being the king of kings sitting on his throne there in Jerusalem. And we're living in eternity with him down here on this earth. Y'all know we're not, we're not going to, we're not, we're not going to be staying in heaven forever, right? You guys know that, right? This is our dwelling place. And I hate to, I hate to, to, to burst your bubble, but listen, we're not going to be, we're not going to be flying around on clouds, amen, naked, playing harps. That's not, that's not, that's not what God's calling us to do. He's not going to grow wings 
things out from the, from the backside of each and every one of us. Now, now we're, we're going to be spending eternity doing just like what we're doing now. Amen. Worshiping God. Amen. Coming into his presence. Amen. Teaching the word of God. Amen. Reaffirming things that we already know. Amen. Allowing these things to go over and over and over. Ruling and reigning over everything that God has for us here on this earth. This is what we get to do for eternity. Waiting for that. Waiting for that day that we, our time of the day, where we get to go walk with him in the cool of the day. I'm telling you, church, I, these, these things are fascinating to me. They're fascinating to me. I don't know, just looking at some of your faces, you're like, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, these things are fascinating to me. L looking forward to the things that God has for us, I'm telling you. Blood bursts a hunger on the inside of me. Hey, man, it bursts a hunger on the inside of me. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to lose my panting for him. As that, as that deer pants for, for the water because it is its life source. I do never want to lose my panting for him, knowing that he is my life, life source. But church, he is why I exist. He's why He needs to be why you exist. I mean, he's not just something to come hang out and hear, hear a cool message or have someone come lay hands on you. No, no he needs to be the, the, uh, the essence of why you exist here on this earth, amen, because it is. Amen. That's, that, that's why Jesus came down here. It was to redeem what was already his. You're always created for him. You've always been his. You just got to choose yourself to, be, to, to desire him, to want him. Amen. Allow him to be your life source. Allow him to be your goodness in everything you do. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Over the last couple of weeks, and I'll get into what we're going to talk about here in a second. The last couple of weeks, I've been, I've been praying, you know, and I've been asking, I've been asking the Lord. And I was like, you know, I, 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 I'm just so unsatisfied with intimacy, with my intimacy level with him. And as I'm sitting there crying out, pressing in, pressing into the things of God, you know, you know he began to, to show me this vision, show me, he kind of showed me back, you know, years ago, amen, and my, and my walk and how intimate I was then, you know. And then, and then you know, a couple years later, and each step that, that how my intimacy level has stepped into, and he says, you're just never satisfied. But that's a good thing. Church, we, we don't need to be satisfied with these things. I'm telling you, we need to have a hunger to press in for the things of God. Listen, church, that can't be quenched. I mean, that your job can't quench, that your neighbor can't quench, that your, your wife or your husband can't quench. Listen, church, that your children can't quench. Amen. A hunger needs to be birthed on the inside of the church. Glory to God. And I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. If it's not already here, I'm telling you, it's coming. Amen. We just got to begin to, to yield, our, yield ourselves up to it. Amen. And then this, this hunger that God has placed on the inside of the church, his hunger he's placed upon the inside of the people. Listen, this is part of that, that great setup, amen, that, he's, that, that, that Jesus has made for each and every one of us. This is a great setup that he's made for us. What? That, we can, that he can mature us up. I mean, he's always setting us up, getting us in position that he can mature us up, that he can train us up, that he can complete us, that he can perfect us in all things. Listen, church, we can come into this place where we are, we are his image bearer in everything that we do, and we become his lovers in intimacy. 
Amen. This, this is his desire. This is what he's training us up for. He's not training you up for an intellectual knowledge of him. Amen. He's training you up for an intimacy. Why? So you can give what you have to someone else. I mean, what, what he's placed on the inside of you, what, what's birthing on the inside of you, you can give to someone else. The Bible calls this word gnosko. I mean, it's a Greek word called gnosko. It means to know. Amen. Not, not an intellectual knowing, but a, but a, but a physical knowing, a, an experiential knowing. Amen. The same word that we talked about last Sunday. Amen. The same word that, that Mary used and said, man, how, how am I going to have a child when, he's, when she's talking to the angel? How can, I, how can I have a child when I never gnoscoed anyone, when I never knew a man? Amen. This is, this is what Jesus wants to, how he wants to know us. Amen. Is with this, with this, with a physical, intimate, personal, experiential knowing. Amen. And I'm telling you that those words just keep on stirring on the inside of me. Cause I'm telling you, I want it. I want it. I want more of it. I mean, we got so much of the church, you know, walking around saying, Oh, the one thing I need, I just need more faith. I'm telling you, you don't need more faith. I mean, we all have the, 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 the mustard seed of faith that has been placed on the inside. You don't need more faith. You need more intimacy. Why? Because the more you get intimate with him, you're going to learn that when he says in his word, you can step out and do it. You can trust him. He won't lie to you. Amen. But where does that come from? It comes from an intimacy, not repeating the word 10,000 times in your head. It comes from actually knowing him. Not shaking hands knowing, but knowing them like you know your lover, like you, love your, like you know your husband or your wife. If you say, oh man, I just, I just need more boldness. I need more, uh, more of a passion to lay hands on the sick. I need more you know, boldness to, to cast out devils. You don't, you don't need more of that. You already have it. It's already placed on the inside of you. It's already in you. You just got to yield yourself to intimacy to find out that Jesus isn't a liar. I mean, everything he said in his word is the truth. Amen. He never will leave you. He never will forsake you. Amen. He will, he will pour out his goodness upon you so through you, all things can be changed around you. Amen. I mean, you know, God desires to change the world through you. Hmm? See, he's done all he's going to do. He's now expecting you, John, to begin to change things. You, Melvin. You, Anita. He's expecting us to take our place hand in hand with him in complete union with him to where people can look at you and they can't tell you if it's you or if it's him. And I'm telling you, these things will change people. This will change cities. This will change, this will change your own family. And you won't have to be praying for him day and night for him to get saved. No, they'll just look at you and they'll want what you have. They'll want that burning that's on the inside of you. Why? Because they'll see it that it shaved off everything that was nasty that this world had to offer. Hmm. And then now it's poured back on the inside of you. Who I'm telling you, church, he wants to train us up. He wants to train us up to be who he's destined us to be. You say, who is that? You're destined to be a, a priest and a king. You're destined to be a son and a daughter of the living God. Listen, church, it's about time we start acting like it. Amen. It's about time we start acting like it. Amen. Well, listen, if we can understand these things, listen, church, we'll be on the 
to lean over into them. Amen. Let me see where, where we need to go here. How much time I think I have. Well, let's, let's go here to, to Matthew 14. Listen, church, if you can understand that God desires to be intimate with you, that he'll place, that he'll place opportunities, that he will place circumstances, that things will be, that he will permit some of these things to come into your, into your path. Because he's desiring to grow you up. He's desiring to train you up. We will see that. Uh, I don't know if I want to go that direction there. I would, would, let, let me just continue on. We'll go here with, with Matthew 14. All right. Let's get into the word here for a brief moment. Matthew 14. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus heard of it, glory to God. When Jesus heard of it in verse 13 of Matthew 14, it says, He departed thence by the ship into the desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot outside the cities. Amen. I want to talk to you a little bit today about God setting you up. Amen. Jesus will set you up. Amen. Why? In an attempt to grow you up. Amen. He'll set you up. He'll, he'll allow opportunities. He'll allow situations to come into your midst so he can grow you up, train you up to where you can have a confidence in who he has called you to be. Amen. It says here, it says that, that when Jesus heard of it, what did Jesus hear? Well, if you, if you turn back to the uh, earlier in that chapter, you'll see that he heard that, that John the Baptist had died. Amen. John, the John the Baptist had died. Amen. And when he heard of these things, it said that he, that he departed. Amen. He departed and went into a desert place. Why did he go into a desert place? Listen, because there was something that was affected on the inside of him. His emotions began to get stirred up because of the murder of John the Baptist. Amen. You say murder. John the Baptist was murdered. Amen. He was murdered by King Herod. Amen. And what happened? It stirred something on the inside of him to, to move off. Now, now, I don't believe that he left because him and John were so close. It was like Paul and Timothy walking hand in hand. I don't believe they were that close. But they were family members. They, they knew each other. They, they talked each, about each other. But listen, John was off doing, he was out in the wilderness preparing the way for King Jesus for a long time. I mean, it wasn't that they were so intimate with each other. But why did this, why did this hurt Jesus? Why did he go off in the middle of the sea? Why did, he, why did he leave? Why did he go get in the wilderness? I'll tell you, church, I, I believe, amen, it's because, it's because of the call of God that was upon his life, on John's life. I mean, this man had a call upon his life to what? To prepare the way for the king, for the Messiah. Amen. And he was treated with absolute dishonor and disrespect. Amen. As he what? He gave a word unto King Herod and said, listen, listen, you, you shall not marry your brother's wife. Amen. And because of that, a lewd dance of, of the king's wife's daughter, amen, came and, and got John's head put upon a, on a platter. Amen. For, for the mother. 
Amen. And Jesus is sitting there looking at these things. We heard these things. I don't think it's because they were so intimate. I think Jesus is so intimate with the Father. Amen. That he, that he it hurt his spirit on the inside. That, that the desire that the Father had for this man, it got cut short because of a message that he preached. Hmm? Am I making sense to you here? I mean, he, got, he had to leave a place, amen, because of the call that was upon, upon, John's, upon John's life, amen. But I do want to emphasize this while we're here anyhow, that, that listen, listen, when your emotions get stirred up, when you get into that place, amen, Jesus did, Jesus did what, what many of us need to be doing here, amen, that's taking a pause, amen, taking a pause, Go get into the presence of the living God. Amen. Cast these cares upon him. And then what? Allow him to build you back up to where you can get back and do what the Lord's asking you to do. Amen. See, many of us try to try to deal with these things or we try to put pressure on other people to have them help us deal with these things. Listen, we're not, we're not made to deal with these things. Jesus gives proof. Listen, when something emotional was coming on against him, he went and got by himself or with his disciples, but he got away from the crowds. Amen. Now, with that being said, I'm not saying you need to disinvolve yourself with everything that you're doing in the ministry. That's not, that's not what we need to be doing church. Amen. What you need to be doing is if something's not going on right in your life, you need to go get into his presence. Amen. And I'll lay down those things at his feet and allow him to deal with it. The quicker you can do these things, the quicker you'll be able to get out and do what God's asking you to do. Amen. See, Jesus didn't take a month off two months. He didn't take a sabbatical. He just had to go out and get in his presence. Got to get in the presence of the Father. And they came back in and everything was sorted for them. It, listen to this. It says, uh, it says, when they heard of it, they departed. Man, all these words start. This is why I have a hard time preaching short messages because all these words start popping up at me. It says, and he departed and uh, he departed and went out uh, in the ship into a desert place. So he's, he went out into the sea here. And he said, and then when people heard of it, they followed him on foot. Now, isn't that amazing? It says that people followed him on foot. Amen. What's going to stop you from getting into the presence of God? These people were following him on his foot. How big is your want to church? How big is your want to, to get into his presence? Listen, these were the people they were walking. They, they saw him out there in the middle of the sea and they're sitting there following him on the shoreline. Where is that him out there? Is that him out there? And they keep on walking. They keep on walking, keep on walking. Do they find themselves in the middle of nowhere? And he comes onto shore. Amen. I'm telling you church, Church, what, what's going to stop us? Listen, rain stops most of the church from coming, Tim getting to get in his presence. And church, we live in Ireland. Amen. Oh, it's raining. I can't, I, I'm not going to church today, man. You see that weather out there? It's terrible. It rains almost every day here. Amen. Then what happens? You don't show up. You don't show up. Amen. Then the sunshine comes out. And what happened? Now I can't go because I got to go to the beach because the sun's shining. Amen. What is going to keep you from the presence of God? Hmm? What's going to keep us from the presence of God? Church, I'm telling you, we, we got all the excuses in the book. We got all the excuses. We got rain. We got proximity. Oh, it's just, the church is just too far. Oh, I just don't have a, a car to, to drive down to there. Listen, church, we got people from, from Belfast and Dublin that would travel to this place. What's going to stop you Talking to a people here on a Wednesday night. Let me talk to the camera here. What's going to stop you, amen, from coming into the presence of God? 
I mean, we've got all the excuses in the world. We've got offenses. Well, is that going to stop you from getting in the presence of God? All, all these things add up to one thing, church. It's his unimportance in our lives. Hmm? All these things add up to one thing is he is unimportant into our lives. And that's why we are not meeting with him. I mean, y'all know the church, they met every single day in the book of Acts. Oh, we just need a church like the book of Acts. Really? You can't show up on a Sunday. Amen. They're meeting seven days a week, church, breaking bread with one another, praying for the sick, changing the world, hmm? loving one another, hmm. uh, stepping on your toes enough here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. These people right here, they could have been some of the offended. If you go back there at the end of, of chapter 13, you'll find out that's where Jesus was going around Nazareth. Amen. And this is where he got rejected by, by his own people of his own city. But what did Jesus do? He didn't get offended and say, you know what, I'm, I'm done with that. No, he went, he went around and began to minister into the neighboring towns and neighboring villages and neighboring cities. Amen. And I guarantee you, these are those ones, amen, that are coming out seeking after Jesus, following him around. What's going to stop us from getting into his presence? What's going to stop them from getting into, into his presence? Here in verse 14, it says, and Jesus went forth. He says he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion towards them and he healed their sick. He was moved with great compassion towards them and he healed the sick. What permits, what motivates God to move on our behalf? The word tells us over and over and over. It's compassion. I mean, his compassion is what motivates God to move on our behalf. I'm telling you, church, even, even while you're in absolute sin, listen, church, you're in absolute rebellion against the things of God. It, God. In God's compassion, he sent forth his son for each and every one of us. I mean, it is his compassion that motivates us. It's not, it's not because you prayed 10 times a day. It's not because you never miss a church service in the, last, in the last 15 years. That's not what moves God. I mean, his compassion compels him to move on our behalf. His compassion compels him to move on our behalf. Nothing we're doing, amen. He is that good. Oh, come on, church. He is that good, amen. To, to it doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, or where you come from. He will move on your behalf. He already proved that out by sending the king for us, amen, to die for us. Amen, why? So why? You're yet still a sinner. Christ died for you. Amen. So we can come and be in his presence from here on out. Amen. I'm telling you, his compassion. What does that word compassion mean? If you look it up in the Greek lexicon, it means a yearning in your bowels, a yearning in your seat of affections, a yearning in your inwardmost part, your heart. I'm telling you, our God, Jesus, our Father, his heart, his spirit, amen, has a, has, a, has a yearning, a yearning in his bowels. His spirit is groaning with affection and compassion for each and every one of us to get hooked up with them. I'm telling you, church, this, this isn't stuff I was taught in Sunday school. It was taught, you, you need to be perfect. Now, I'm here to tell you, God has a desire for you. God's going to set you up. He has a desire. He's always had a desire for you. He's always been hunting after you. He's always been, he's always been coming after you. I've been, uh, 
I've been studying in Judges here in my Old Testament readings during the week, and I'm telling you, something amazes me when you're reading through, I think it's chapter three there, and you sit there reading, and, and you find out, you know, God raised up a judge, and, and it delivered the people. I mean, it was amazing. God rose up a, one man, and he, he uh, this one, uh, one man or a woman, amen, led these people into battle, amen, and they defeated the neighboring cities. And then what happened? These people died. They died. What happened? Israel went back to, to serving Baal again. And what happened? The neighboring cities came over and they attacked them. And then what happened when they began to attack them? They lived oppressed for several years. They began to cry out to God again. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, why are these people coming against us? And they started tearing down Asherah poles, tearing down, you know, the temples of Baal, coming back in, amen, to, to start serving God again. You know what God did? Every single time he raised up another judge raised up another judge. What happened? They went after the things of God. When that judge died, what'd they do? They rebelled against God. They started serving Baal. They started serving different gods. And what happened? The cities came back against them again. What happened? They began to cry out for God again. And then what did God do? He raised up another, he raised up another judge. I'm telling you, church, we need to change our perception of who our God is who our father is, who Abba is. I'm telling you, our daddy loves us. He desires us. And I'm telling you, he's hunting after us with everything that we had. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that, that we have this kind of God that's operating in our lives and not some of the stuff that we used to learn. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, church, he's trying to mold us. He's trying to mold us if we'll allow him. He's trying to mold us into an image of his son. Here in verse 15, he says, and when, and when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place. This is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitudes away that we may go into the villages, that they may go into the villages and buy victuals for themselves that they might buy something to eat. Amen. Why? Because these people were with them all day long. They may have been with them for a couple days. Amen. But, they, but they, were, they were with Jesus at this one place and they came to him. They had a compassion, that compassion of Jesus. Amen. Started rising up on the inside of them. They're saying, and they came to you and said, Jesus, you need to dismiss these people. Amen. Why? Because these people wouldn't have left if he didn't dismiss them. I mean, he said, you need, if you would, would you dismiss these people so they can go get something to eat so they don't faint for not having anything to eat? I'm telling you, church. I'm telling you, church. And we have issues with coming to church. I mean, I'm telling you, these people didn't, they went all day without eating. All day without eating. And, they, and they're still sitting there in the presence of God where even the disciples are like, listen, listen. Please just send them on. The, let them go get something to eat. Let them go, let them go mine themselves. Amen. We get mad if we change the carpet and it's not the color we like. Amen. Decide to split the church. We won't show up if we don't like the preacher that's in the pulpit. Amen. I'm telling you, Western Christianity is weak. I'm telling you, it's weak. Amen. We, we need to start changing who we are and, and find out that our schedules, God doesn't revolve around our schedules. We should be revolving around his. Amen. We should be revolving around his. Amen. In verse 17. In verse 17. Hmm. Listen, church, I'm going to tell you. There is a time coming. I'm telling you, it's coming quick. I mean, I can see for how our Wednesday night crew begins to grow, but I'm telling you, there is a, there is a time coming, and it's coming fast, amen, where the church is not going to be so concerned about our own comforts. 
Amen. They're not going to be concerned about making, meeting their own desires in their life, make it, meeting their own goals in their life. This myopic narcissism that, that the church has, has as a whole nowadays, those things are going to be, they're going to be put by the wayside and we're going to begin to come to the father and ask him, what can we do to make your dreams be a success, Lord? And see, we always look around, Lord, can you please make my life a success? Can you, I have this dream. Will you bless it? Will you do this? Will you do that? I've stepped out and did this. Please, please make it become successful so everyone can see how great I am. But church, I'm telling you, we need to get a shift where we start dropping all those things by the wayside, coming into his presence saying, Lord, what can I do to make your dream come true? Lord, what can I do to make your desires come true? Hmm. Well, you guys are quiet in this Presbyterian church today. It says, but Jesus said to him, they need not to depart. He says, you give them something to eat. He says, uh, yeah, they don't need to depart. You give them something to eat. And, they, and then they went to him. They said, but we, don't, we only have five loaves and two fishes. Listen, church, we've, we've heard this stuff over and over and over again. I usually preach this on the faith side, but we're coming out of a different direction today. Jesus said, you do something about it. I mean, what was Jesus doing? He was giving them a great setup here. I mean, he was giving them a great opportunity to do something amazing. I mean, he was, he was giving them the opportunity to do them. What was he saying? He goes, listen, guys, you've been around me long enough. You've heard some great messages. You've heard and you've seen devils get cast out. You've seen people get healed. I even put my authority on you on chapter 12 and sent you out to do what? To heal the sick and cast out the devils. Now I see my compassion beginning to roll up through you. Do something with it. I'm going to give you the opportunity. Allow that compassion to change the circumstance around you. Around my compassion that's coming up through you to change the circumstances. Why? Right? Because that because the meeting's not over yet. Amen. I don't want to send them home yet. The meeting's not over yet. You feed them. You feed them. You stand up. You do something about it. People look at that and say, "Man, that's crazy. How could Jesus ask them to do something like that?" Have you ever thought about that? How would Jesus ask his disciples, "You go do something about that"? Listen, church. These are good old Jewish boys. See, unlike the modern church, they knew the Bible. They knew the word of God. Amen. They studied the word of God. It was, they were trained up from, from weans, amen, to, to study the word of God, to know exactly what the word was saying. Amen. This was not something new that happened. This wasn't, you know, Jesus feeding the 5,000 was something new. It already happened. I mean, the prophet Elijah did it. I mean, if you go back to, to 2 Kings chapter 4, somewhere around verse 40, 41, 42, 43, somewhere around there, you'll find out that, 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 uh, that a guy came to give his first fruits offering unto the prophet Elijah. Amen. When he came to Elijah, he, he gave him 20, I guess, 20 loaves of bread and a, and a little bit of corn to eat. Amen. 20 loaves of bread and a little bit of corn to eat. And he handed all this stuff over to his servant. He said, he said, listen, go, go feed, go feed the people, go feed, go feed the men. He said, how am I going to put these 20 pieces of bread or 20 loaves of bread and this little bit of corn in front of a hundred hungry men? He says, the Lord will multiply and we will have some left over. So what did he do? He was obedient. He walked out there. He fed the hundred. They had, they, they multiplied obviously. And they had, they had some left over. Listen, they knew about this church. They knew about this. This, this. God, Jesus himself was giving them the opportunity. He was setting them up, amen, to do something amazing for all these people to have an amazing miracle come through them. But listen, them, just like many of us, were looking and saying, man, man, I don't know about you, Sue, but I'm not Elijah. 
I'm not Elijah. I'm not Elijah. I'm not you, Jesus. I, I can't do these things. Amen. Just like the modern church nowadays says, man, I'm not Brother Hagen. <laughs> what makes you think I can do I, I can't do that. that. That was Brother Hagen. He could do that. Yeah, I'm not T.L. Osborne. I'm not A.A. Allen. I'm not Jack Coe. I'm not, I'm not these people. I don't know what they're expecting me. I'm not Pastor Rusty. I'm not, I'm not Pastor Ryan. I'm not Melvin Davison. I'm not John. I'm not these people. Well, how am I? Are you going to expect me to get, jump out and do these things? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm not these people. I'm not these people. I'm telling you, these people never did these things. It was the Spirit of God. It was the power of God operating through these people to do these things. Amen. Listen, church, we're going to have to shift the way we're thinking on these. We're going to have to know that, that we're going to stop relying on our own power, our own strength, amen, and begin to rely on his power and his strength. I'm telling you, amazing things are going to come, come through you if you allow these things to happen. I'm telling you, Jesus is constantly setting you up. He's constantly, he's constantly bringing, you know, the setups in front of you, the circumstances in front of you, giving you the opportunity to, to step out in faith or pull back in doubt. Step out in faith or pull back in doubt. Amen. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. In verse 18, he says, and he said to them, bring them hither to me. Bring, bring, bring these over here to me. You're not going to do it. Bring them over here to me. Now, listen, church, I'll, I'll start getting this thing wrapped up. Yeah, I'll definitely start getting this thing wrapped up. He, he said, bring this over to me. Bring the food over to me. Listen, church, if you won't surrender yourself to union with the king, if you won't surrender yourself to union with Jesus and stop thinking you can do everything on your own, Stop thinking I can't do something if I don't have the strength or the power to do it, if I don't have the intellectual knowledge to do it. If we won't submit ourselves unto those things and surrender ourselves to it, listen, church, I'm going to tell you, he's going to pass it on over to someone else. I mean, are you hearing me today? I mean, if we can't, if we can't submit ourselves unto these things, amen, and to that intimacy with him, trusting, putting our full trust in him, he will take what he desires for you to do and he'll hand it, he'll hand it to someone else. Why? Because his will be done. It will be done. Amen. Regardless if you will do it or not, it will be done. Amen. But listen, he's going he's to put forth opportunities. Why? Because he wants, he is, his desire is for you to come and step into the place that he's calling you to be. But listen, he's not going to force us to do these things. Now listen, we can step out. We've talked about this when, we've been, when we're talking about being led by the Spirit. You know, the Spirit can, the Holy Ghost can lead you to do something. You step out to do it and you may make a wrong turn, amen. But listen, if you're hearing from the Holy Ghost, He will change those things and you don't lose that window. You don't lose that opportunity. I mean, we talked about Pastor Sam Carr. You know, he... He gives us an example and I think it's amazing. You know, before he planned his church in the 70s there in Shreveport... He got offered the job to, to, I believe it was Jerry Savelle's Bible school. Uh, Jerry Savelle was, you know, uh, starting up the Bible school. And he said, Sam, I'd love for you to, to be the dean over it, to head up the whole thing. And he was like, yeah, that, that's amazing. I'd love to do it. Just let me go pray about it and get, get a yay from the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he went and prayed about it. The Holy Ghost said no, which he threw a fit about. But the Holy Ghost said no. So what happened? About two weeks later, he, he got the opportunity to birth the church. Amen. But some man had come up to ask him. He said, what would have happened, Pastor Sam, if, if you would have actually went out there and started that, uh, uh, helped start that Bible school. He said, I would have still been over here pastoring the church. He said, why is that? Because I hear from the Holy Ghost. I, you know, just because I make a mistake doesn't mean the Holy Ghost is going to stop speaking to you. 
Amen. But listen, if you refuse what the Holy Ghost is asking you to do, if you refuse those opportunities that Jesus is trying to give you because of your doubt, because of your unbelief, and because of your pride, and let me tell you, all three of those things are not from God themselves. That's from the adversary. Amen. So if you're refusing those things because of them, listen, you're going to miss your opportunity. Amen. He'll raise up someone else to to take your place. He'll raise someone else that, that will trust in the word of God and move into those things regardless of your rebellion. Amen. His will is going to get done. Amen. Everyone say his will will be done. Amen. Because that, that is the truth of the matter, church. Listen here in verse, uh, in verse 19, and we'll finish up here. He says, and he commanded, he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven, he, he blessed and break and gave the loaves unto his disciples and his disciples unto the multitudes. And they did eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that, that remained. There was 12 baskets full. It says, and then, and they had eaten. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men, women, and children. Now I'll tell you, I find it, I find this, I find this the best part of the story here. Amen. Not a story of this best part of the account of what happened here. That thank God that he looks at our hearts, church, and he doesn't look at our, our thick skulls. Amen. That he'll look at our hearts. Amen. And not, not at what's going on up here. Cause I'm telling you, many of us have a lot of stuff going on here. That's not of God. Amen. But he'll look at our hearts. Now these, these, these guys here, these disciples, they're out there. They may not have got it credited for feeding the 5,000. Amen. But they got to play a part in that miracle. Amen. Without them, that miracle would not have taken place. Amen. Why? Because they didn't walk away. They may have got the right answer, wrong answer, but they didn't walk away. They didn't leave. They still sat there and allowed Jesus, amen, to minister unto them, Jesus to to work on their behalf. And through their hands, church, amen, 15, 10, 15, 20,000 people got got to eat. You know, it says 5,000 people. That that was only the men. Most theologians say that was anywhere from, you know, 10 to 15 to 20,000 people that got fed through their hands because they didn't back up. Amen. And because of that, because of accounts like this, because of setups like this that Jesus put in front of their faces, giving them opportunities to fail, because I'm telling you, church, you're going to have opportunities to fail all the time, but it's what you do with those opportunities. Amen. He put up this opportunity. Did they fail? Half and half. They didn't do exactly what he was asking them to do, but they didn't run away. They stood there and allowed him to, to let them be part of that miracle. What happened? You find out, you know, a man walked on water at the very next part of the chapter. You'll find out they went to... They went over to the other side of the sea there in the Gadarenes and, and there's a million people that came out to get, to get healed because of, because of the demoniac that got cured. You'll find out because of these opportunities that Jesus set forth before them, amen, after Jesus left this earth, they were so built up in who they were because of the failures and because they kept on pursuing that one guy when he stood up and preached a message right after they got filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2 and 3,000 people came unto the Lord. And he didn't stop there. He began to walk onto the temple. He saw a man sitting there that's been sitting there. Even when Jesus was walking on the streets, church, there was a guy sitting at the gate, beautiful. He was, he, he was, he was, a, he was a, a, a cripple for like 40 years. Jesus saw him there. And Jesus didn't do anything about it. But when these guys come over there, what they do? They grabbed him by the hand and he got healed. What happened? Another 2,000 came to the Lord. Amen. Why? Because of the setups. Because of the setups, church, we need, we need to be looking for the setups. 
We need to be looking for these, you know, see, we see we have, you know, when things start going, certain things start stirring, the adversary starts doing something in our midst. We start getting in fear. People start crying. Oh, why God, why is these things happening to me? Well, I'm telling you, church, it's an opportunity for you to step out and be the man and the son and daughter. Amen. That God's trying to call you to be. Amen. He's given you the opportunity. I mean, listen, how many of you, you have all the tools, amen, to be successful when any attack comes against you, any circumstance rises up against you. You have the ability to be absolutely successful in everything that you're doing, but you're going to have to make the choice to trust this and trust the spirit that's on the inside of you more so than what you're seeing with these eyes. I'm telling you, your senses are an absolute liars. They're liars. They're liars. I don't care what you feel like. I don't care the things that you're seeing. I don't care the things that you're hearing. Those are liars. I mean, this is the truth. Amen. This is the truth. What the Holy Spirit is leading us to do, these are the truths in our lives that we need to permit. Amen. Permit to run in our lives. How many of y'all know that pride, that our pride is not just bleeding? Our pride is not just believing that we can do everything on our own. I mean, we can have a pride that runs in fear and unbelief because we don't think that, we think that we know more than him and what his word says, amen? That pride goes both ways. I mean, you have pride and arrogance and you have pride as a coward, amen? But it's all derived from one thing that you think that you know, that you know more than him, that you trust yourself, Amen. More, more than him. You trust yourself more than the spirit of God, church. That can't happen in these days that we're living in now. Amen. We got to get so keen to that place when we, when we hear the word being spoken to us. Listen, church, when you come to this place, listen, we need to get so in tune with the things of God that it's not, that it's not Pastor Ryan or Melvin or John or, or John or, or, uh, or Jason over here ministering the word of God that we get so tuned in that, that we see that it's Jesus actually trying to speak something to us that we can receive. Amen. And allow it to change something in our lives. The setups, church. The Lord's trying to reveal to you, you can't do it on your own. Hmm? He's trying to reveal to you, you can't do it on your own. You never were designed to do it on your own. Before allowing his strength, his power, his spirit, his extravagant compassion and love. I'm telling you, we will be victorious in everything that we're doing. Amen. Amen. Is that all right if I stop there today? Because that is not anywhere near where I wanted to go, but, but I, think that's, I think that's all we have time for. So, so y'all good? All right, well, Father, let's pray. Father, I thank you. Whew. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your goodness. I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for setups in our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you, Lord, you see things coming down the road. You, you see things that are coming into our midst. Lord, you see the circumstances. You see the problems. You see the hiccups. You're coming. But, Lord, you just don't jerk us out of them. Lord, you give us the opportunity to do something with it. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for trusting us, trusting us enough with circumstances, trusting us enough with your word, trusting us enough to, to, hmm, to hear from your spirit, trusting us enough to, to train us up, to complete us, to perfect us, hmm, to where we can be 
the sons and daughters, Lord, that you have destined each and every one of us to be. Lord, I ask that you give us keen ears to hear. I ask that you give us eyes to see. Lord, a sensitivity to the Spirit, Lord, that we'll be able to pick up when these things come into our midst, Lord, and that a, a fire will begin to, to burn on the inside of us. Not, not, a, not a fear, amen, but a fire will begin to burn on the inside of us, Lord, that we will address each and every situation as a son, as a king, as a priest, as what you've called us to be here on this earth. Lord, I thank you for it, Lord. We glorify you for it. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your, we thank you, Lord, for Psalms 91, which is a tradition of this church, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that no evil will befall us, neither shall any plague come nigh our dwelling place. Lord, if you give your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways, to bear us up in your hands, lest we dash our foot against the stone. Lord, we thank you for it, Lord. We are protected in everything that we do. We thank you we're protected on the railways, the seaways, the airways, the motorways, and even the walkways, Lord, that no wicked man from a wicked man, uh, no wicked plan from a wicked man or the devil himself shall hinder us or harm us. As we continue in the rest of our week, Lord, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We are protected. We thank you, Lord, we are, for our jobs, that we are an absolute blessing. And, Lord, that they are prospering because we're there. We thank you for that, Lord. We glorify you for it. We thank you for this church. Oh, we thank you for the ambassadors of Christ. You've called each and every one of us to be, Lord. Thank you, Lord, here at Island Church. We are covered by the blood. We are empowered by the word. And we are anointed by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. We are so glad you could join us for our latest message. We are located right in the centre of the town and we would love for you to call in and see us. Details are on our website at islandchurchdundalk.ie